Oh, it's great to see everybody. Cathedral, God is good. And all the time. But Christmas is a time for singing. And so before we jump into our scripture today, can we, can we sing together joy to the world? Pastor Vaughn, can you help me out? Tommy, can you help me out, buddy? All right. And joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let Way to go, Cathedral. Again, it's Christmas time at Cathedral, and let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this moment in time that you've blessed us with. Thank you for all of these folks, those who are on campus, those who are watching online at different campuses. They've set aside this time to slow down enough to have a meaningful moment with you. And I pray, God, that it would happen at some point during this service, that they would meet with you in such a way that this week will be different because they've met you in this moment. Transform our lives in the best kind of way. Start with me, Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, can we give him praise one more time? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them grace and peace to you. Go ahead, grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you. For the next few moments, I wanna to talk to you about the advent of peace. How the coming of Christ means the advent of peace. Now, I saw this one little guy. He was asked what he wanted for Christmas, and here was his response. I thought it was cute. Watch the screens and see what you think. I'm going to tell Santa what I want for Christmas and some peace and quiet. That's what I want for Christmas. Some what? Yeah, I want some peace and quiet. Oh. <laughs> peace and quiet. That's what he wants. And maybe he's not the only one. There's a 37-year-old social media consultant, and uh, she had texted a friend, and when her friend didn't text her right back, she got all stressed out. And she thought that, well, she must not want to be my friend anymore. And then she posted that on Twitter, and she added a hashtag that said, this is what anxiety feels like. And it seems like this struck a nerve because, well, in the next few days, there were thousands of posts with that same hashtag, people posting their experiences and saying, this is what anxiety feels like. And she went on to say, if you're living in this day and age and you're not feeling anxious in something, Something must be wrong. Well, living in an age of anxiety, 
What can we do? What should we do? Well, I'm glad you're here this weekend. Uh, If you're struggling with anxiety, this is a good weekend to be in church. It's always a good weekend to be in church. But especially this weekend, if anxiety has gotten you on you or in you, because the big takeaway today is this. Jesus wants to change your hashtag. Instead of hashtag, this is what anxiety feels like. Jesus wants to change it to hashtag, this is what peace feels like. Can somebody say amen to that? That you would leave here with more peace in your heart. More peace. Say that with me. More peace. See, peace was such a key part of the mission of Jesus. I mean, you find it, well, throughout uh, the scriptures. When the prophet Isaiah predicted that one day a special child would show up in the world, He said, this child will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And then go to the New Testament. A man by the name of Zechariah prophesies about the coming child. And this is what he says. He says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of what? Peace. Now fast forward to the night of his birth. And an angel of army sings to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God in the highest. If we can bring that next one up. To those on whom God is pleased. And then fast forward to the night before Jesus goes to the cross. And he's talking with his troubled disciples and this is what he says to them. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. And then fast forward one more time to after the resurrection, the disciples are hiding in fear. They saw what the Romans did to Jesus and they know, they just know that they're gonna be next. Even though the doors are locked, Jesus shows up in the room and when Jesus shows up in the room, how many know that changes everything, Amen. amen. Jesus shows up, he comes back from the dead, he shows up in the room and the first thing he says to them is, peace be with you. See, the big takeaway for the next few minutes is that Jesus is present and he's here. And the coming of Christ means the advent of peace that Jesus wants to change your hashtag. So if anxiety has gotten on you or in you, maybe you can identify with this sticker I saw. It said, even my anxiety has anxiety. If that's where you're at, I invite you to open your heart to the Prince of Peace and allow him to increase the level of peace in your life. And it all starts with what I call upward peace. If you're comfortable doing this, let's get interactive. If you just do this, everybody just do this. That's the first kind of peace that we need. It's an upward peace. 
Hashtag, this is what upward peace looks like. The Bible says this in Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God. Say that with me. Peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Can we give God praise for his word? Amen. What a promise. Now, there's a football coach by the name of Deion Sanders. But before he was a coach, he was a player. And he was an amazing athlete. He was only one of the people in history that was able to play professional football and professional baseball at the same time. And in fact, he even played for one of the teams in the Bay Area, a team whose name I will not speak, but you can see what it is. Now, when Dion was a player, he excelled. And in 1997, at the height of his success, one night in a bout with despair, he gets in his car and he drives off a cliff trying to kill himself. What? And looking back on that moment, this is what he says. He says, I had tried everything, parties, women buying expensive jewelry and gadgets, and nothing helped. There was no peace. I had everything the world has to offer, but no peace, no joy, just emptiness inside. And it was only when he found Jesus, when he turned his life over to Jesus, that he discovered purpose. He discovered peace. It was when he made his peace with God. So let me ask you a question today. Do you need to make peace with God? Do you need to make peace with God? You were made by God and you were made for God and you'll have no real peace in your life. You can't have the fruit of peace unless you have the root of peace. And the root of peace is reconnecting with God. The way you connect with God is to surrender your life to the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has done everything that needed to be done so that we could have peace with God. Our sin had separated us uh, us from God. Our sin had caused us to be at war with God. But Jesus stepped all the way down from heaven to earth and comes to us as a flesh and blood baby. And then he lives a life that we could not live, the perfect life. And then he dies the death that we deserve to die. And when he did, he paid the price for our sin. His justice demanded that there had to be a price paid because of our sin and his mercy stepped up and Jesus paid the price himself for our sin. What a savior, amen? It's amazing to think about my sin. 
Romans chapter 3, verse 25 puts it this way. God gave Christ as a sacrifice to pay for sins through the spilling of his blood. So God forgives the sins of those who have faith. God did all this to prove that he does what is right. Yeah, amen. So let me ask you a question. Have you made your peace with God? There was an old Broadway musical that said, your arms are too short to box with God. And they are. Have you made your peace with God? Now there has to be at least one person in the building or watching that would say, wow, I don't know. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. I can't approach God like that. Let me clean myself up and then I'll make peace with God. But that's not the way things work with God. Do we have anybody who likes to fish in the room today? Let me see your hands. Any fishermen? Yeah? Well, help me out, okay? Coach up the rest of us. When it comes to fishing, do you clean the fish before you catch them? Or do you catch them and then you clean them? Exactly. First God catches you and then God cleans you. It's not the other way around. So I urge you, wherever you're at, come as you are. Bring who you are to God and make your peace with God today. Today can be your day. This is the foundation of our peace. Let's jump to the next point. There's upward peace, and then there's what I call outward peace. Can you just extend? Don't hit somebody next to you. Don't want to fight to break out in a sermon on peace. Just go ahead and just extend your arms out. Outward peace. See, there's peace upward, and then there's peace outward. Colossians chapter three reads this way. It's a powerful passage. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Maybe we should call it a day and just go home. (laughs) Put that into practice. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ Rule, say that with me, rule, say it again, rule in your hearts for as members of one body you are called to live in what? Peace. Now there's this one commercial where there's a referee and boy, he's taking some heat. See if you remember this. A very close call. Could have gone either way. It was right on the line. Well, Ferguson's not too happy with it, I can tell you that much. Uh, He's beating him like a rented mule. (laughs) And the ref's just tuning him out. Boy, where do you train to take a beating like that? Well, I'm in trouble when I get home. All right. 
a referee. What does a referee do? When a referee's on the field, he makes the call. That's what a referee does. Now this passage is telling us to let the peace of Jesus Christ be the referee in your heart. Let the peace make the call. The word rule in the first century, it was used often in athletic contests to talk about the role of the referee. So it's letting the peace of Christ be the referee and make the call in our hearts because in any given situation, you can do things which lead to peace and you can do things which lead away from peace Hello. I saw this one meme where this little boy and little girl are in a car and it says, every man has this look when his wife is driving. (laughs) Now my wife's an excellent driver and (laughs) does anybody have an extra room? My wife's an excellent driver. And so I was riding with her one day. She was driving and I was tired and I was hungry. I was hangry. And we're in the car and we're stopped at a red light. There's a car in front of us. And a guy behind us starts honking. Now, we're not that far from the car in front of us, but my wife edges up even closer. Now we're right off that guy's bumper and the car behind us is still honking. He wants to squeeze by us. He can't wait 15 seconds. Instead, he's got to squeeze by us. So he comes around us. I mean, we're talking centimeters, right? And he's right next to us. And man, I've had it. I'm getting ready to go all black hole Raider Nation on him, right? And he gets right next to us, and I'm, I'm going to just, you know, and he looks at me, and he smiles and waves, and he says, thank you. He's the nicest guy. And then he says, have a good day, Pastor Ken. <laughs> he didn't say that last part, but you never know. Cathedral's everywhere, right? But I thought, wow, in any given situation, any given situation, you can do things that lead to peace. You can do things that lead away from peace. And so what you do, you surrender your heart to Jesus and you let his peace make the call. And you do things that lead to peace. When we're wrong, we humble ourselves and we own it. We admit it and we ask for forgiveness. When we're having a disagreement, instead of talking over each other, we try to listen and understand each other. When we're working on a conflict, instead of going for the kill, we look for common ground and try to have a double win. Or when we're insulted, instead of insulting them back, we turn the other cheek. There was once this uh, conversation between a man and a little boy. And the man asked the little boy, he said, do you try to do the things that Jesus taught us to do? Things like turning the other cheek? And the little boy said, you mean Jesus wants to be a wimp? Wants us to be a wimp? 
And the man said, no, no, he doesn't want us to be a wimp. He wants us to be lovers of peace. And the little boy said, well, why doesn't the other guy who hit me, why doesn't he love peace first? <laughs> and the man said, well, you just gotta be bigger than the other person. And the little boy said, well, if you're bigger, then you should for sure hit him back. <laughs> when Jesus said to turn the other cheek, in that day, when somebody slapped you like that, it wasn't an assault, it was an insult. Today, in our culture, we do this on social media. Back in that day, when you insulted somebody, you would slap them across the cheek. And what Jesus is saying, you don't have to respond in kind. Instead of slapping them back, bless them back. Do something that's going to give peace a chance. What would that look like for you? This season can be very messy and very complicated when it comes to our relationships. There are no easy fixes, but we can let the peace of Christ ruin our hearts and we can let his peace make the call. And when we do, here's the great secret. When I let the peace of Christ rule in my heart, I can keep my peace. Even when the other person doesn't want peace, I can still be at peace. Because not everybody that you want to have peace with, I mean, they may not want to have peace with you. They may not want to seek peace with you. They may tell you to take your peace and you know what they say, right? You know what they say. And that's why the Bible says this in Romans. It says, as long, if it is possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, you can't control what other people do. You stop trying to control what other people do. You will burn yourself out trying to control what other people do. But the good news is you don't have to control what other people do. When you let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, you can keep your peace, because your peace is not dependent on them. Your peace is dependent on Jesus. Amen? That is the great secret. So we have upward peace. We have outward peace. And then let's wind things up by talking about inner peace. If you take your hands and just point to yourself, inward peace. That peace of heart in Philippians chapter four, we read this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Boy, that's a great verse. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's what? Peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard like a soldier. It will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus inner peace. There's a stress test that psychologists put together and they assign points to different life situations. You can see the test up on the screen. Uh, for example, uh, Christmas stress, they said that's worth 12 points. That seems a little bit low to me. 
But then they have a change in school. It's 20 points worth of stress. Trouble with the in-laws. Nobody in here has that kind of trouble. But when you do have trouble with your in-laws, 29 points. If you get fired at work, that's 47 points worth of stress. If you're a Raiders fan, they don't even have a number for that. It's too high off the charts. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to stress, Sometimes you feel it right away with those high point ones. Other times you accumulate a lot of little stress. It builds on it. It builds on and builds on and builds on the other. And eventually you get what psychologists call stress contamination. What do you do when you have stress contamination? Well, there's two approaches. One is you can try to get rid of all the stress in your world. If you can create a world around you that is stress-free on the outside, then you can have peace on the inside. And my hunch is we've all tried to do that to one degree or another. And as you found out, like I found out, that only works, that only goes so far because there's much in your world, most of your world, you have no control over at all. But Jesus gives us a different way. And he says, if you take your stress and you cast your care upon him and you receive his peace in that moment. The apostle Paul was once under great pressure, great pressure, and this is what he said. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. Instead of letting your stress contaminate you and destroy you, let your stress drive you to your knees where you depend on God. The one who raises the dead. And when you surrender to him and you receive that calm assurance that he is the one in control of your life, what a difference that makes. Years ago, my best friend from college was out visiting and he brought his family and we went to Raging Waters. And we were having a blast. It was a beautiful day and the kids were Oh, they were having fun. My buddy and I were working on our tans. You can see, I think we got a picture of me here. That's right, <laughs> working on our tans. We had a lot of fun. And there was an event that happened that day. I wish I had a cell phone. Back then, we didn't have cell phones. We barely had phones. If I'd have had a cell phone, I would have captured this image and posted it on Instagram for everyone to see. It was the most, one of the most powerful. I can see it right now. My buddy took his little boy into the wave pool. And if you've been in the wave pool, it's, you know, waves are all over the place, water splashing here and there. People are screaming and shouting. And there's my buddy in the middle of this wave pool holding his little boy and his little boy is asleep. It was crazy. Chaos is all around him and he is at rest. And I thought... Is that the promise that we have in Scripture? That even when there's chaos all around us, 
we can have the peace and rest of God within us because we have the calm assurance that chaos is not in control of our lives. Jesus is in control of our lives. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse three, we read, you will keep in perfect peace, perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed in you. So let me ask you one more question. What are your thoughts fixed on? Are my thoughts fixed on the chaos? Or are my thoughts fixed on God? And if they're fixed on God, I have this calm assurance that even when there's chaos on the outside, there can be peace on the inside, inner peace. Hold on to your peace. Jesus wants to change your hashtag. In just a moment, we're gonna pray and then we're gonna hear a great song. God's gonna minister to you in that moment. Before we do, I'm gonna ask my buddy Adam Ibarra to come up and join me on stage. Would you give a great big welcome to Adam? Adam, we've been friends for a long time. Him and his beautiful family have been a part of our church family for a lot of years. And Adam's, I mean, he's, he leads an organization that works with at-risk youth. With youth, he was a chaplain of the Raiders for many years. And now he's an author of children's books. And when I saw the title of your most recent book, I thought, I gotta have you talk to me about the book at the end of this sermon because it's, it's entitled Alex the Hippo, Strength and Peace. So tell us, Adam, what this book is about. Basically, it's taking Pastor Ken's message and putting it in a children's version, in a book version. And, and you know, I read this quote, Pastor Ken, it says that, that uh, peace is something that you cannot find by avoiding life. Mm. And I want to just say, I mean, I know I'm talking about the book, but what an incredible message wow. on peace. Wow. Come on. I mean, it's, wow. it's, it's a message that I'm thankful. So I say that because, Pastor Ken, thank you for allowing me to speak for a few minutes about this book in this context. It's about peace. And one of the things that I see is the fact that Oftentimes, you know, we're striving and going after what, you know, the peace that we need, our hashtag. But I think about the children as well. And I think about how we're able to be able to give them these type of tools to be able to impact them with God's love and with his ways and his word to be able to help children understand that God loves them and that there's peace for them. Come on, somebody. And when we recognize these type of things, it really makes a difference. And all this is, it's a dialogue between Job. Uh, it's nine verses, it, but it's beautifully written in the context where it's a grandfather just explaining strength and peace to his grandson. And at the end of the day, he just really wants him to know is that no longer is, is at the end of, at the back of the book, it says it is not disturbed by raging rivers. And that's the, that's the message is that when we have peace, we will not be disturbed by the raging waters. And I know that this, these verses from Job. Correct. That, that this again, they're in here, but that passage was very meaningful during a season in your life. Talk about how that passage helped you out. I mean, Pastor Ken, you know, I'm a healthy, handsome guy and life is just, I'm a Raider fan, right? And all that good stuff. And, and uh, 
and life hits you. You know, life hits me in the context where, where I get a diagnosis that really I didn't know whether I was going to live or die. I mean, with lymphoma. And so when the doctor basically, you know, I, they didn't know where I was at. And so at the end of the day, I says, God, I'm experiencing a raging river. But through that midst and through all that time, Pastor Ken, it was just really understanding that God, he gave me a peace that I really could not explain mm. nor comprehend, but I just knew he was with me. And I knew that somehow everything was going to be all right because I'm in his hands. Amen. And this is what I want to thank. I thank the Lord is that we're able to recognize that everything that is being said today, that it works mm. because it's God. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And Amen. that has to be our hashtag. Amen. Come on. Amen. God gives us peace. Amen. I'm going to invite you to, to uh, Adam and I want to pray with you as the World of Arts team gets ready, but I'm going to invite you to stand if you would. Everybody, stay in the moment, stay locked in, uh, bow your heads, close your eyes. How many would say, Pastor Ken, I need to, I need to make peace with God. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I know about Jesus, I've heard about Jesus, but I've never really stepped across the line and started the journey and surrendered my life to him. If that's the decision you're making today, I wanna to agree with you. Adam and I wanna agree with you. Today's your day. Would you lift up your hand real high? Say, that's, that's me, Pastor Ken. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. How many would say right now, uh, Pastor Ken, I've got tension and some meaningful relationships in my life. And I, I need God to help me uh, let his peace make the call. Show me what that next step is. What can I do? I can't control them, but what can I do? Uh, how many are in that kind of situation? Let me see your hands. It just there's, there's tension in a relationship that's meaningful to you and, and you, you'd like to see it reconciled. Is there anybody who'd say, Ken, right now there's chaos going on in my life and boy, I could sure use more inner peace, that calm assurance that God is in fact in control of my life. If that's where you're at, just lift up your hand real high. Mm. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace and I pray in this moment that we would have upward peace as we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we would have the assurance that we are right with you. And God, I pray you'd give us the grace and the wisdom to know how we can do things, even this week, even this afternoon, that give peace a chance in our relationships. And then, Father, I pray for inner peace. I pray, God, even now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would, even though the storm's raging on the outside, there would be calm on the inside, a calm assurance that no, knows you guide our every step and our lives are in your hands. Let that peace descend upon this place. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Can we give God praise, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
I'm going to invite you, if you would, to stay in this moment. I really believe as Vaughn and Irene come and sing this song, it's the kind of moment that you can connect with God and his peace for you at an even deeper level. And so just remain standing, stay in an attitude of prayer and reverence, and let's allow the peace of God to meet us in this moment. Pastor Vaughn, would you...
God. Amen. Would you let Pastor Vaughn and Irene know how much you appreciate them blessing us with that amazing song. Just a couple of quick things before I dismiss you. First of all, if you need prayer, team will be down here to pray with you and for you right after service. I hope you don't have to rush off. Uh, we've got the immersive Christmas experience in the chapel, and we've got music going in the, in the lobby at our Christmas market. Lots of great things to taste. In fact, Adam's back there with his kids' books. So just, it's, it's a, a really a lot of fun out in the lobby. So I hope you can join us. I'll be out there. And I just want you to know how much you love this Christmas. And you know what? I got a book. How about, can I give that to you? Is that all right, buddy? I'm going to give you this book right here. Here you go. That's right from the author there. Yeah. Oh. Well, let me speak God's blessing over you. Cathedral, have an amazing day and an amazing week. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and turn his face towards you. And may the Lord give you peace. May the Lord change your hashtag. This is what peace feels like. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go to the cathedral.